0: what's going on ladies and gentlemen we are deep dive sports and we are back with another episode of the lights out podcast uh as always i'm your host chase and we are joined by duke today um today we're basically just recapping ufc 269 this just took place over the weekend i mean honestly probably one of the best ufc's i've seen in a long time the fight card was the fight card was great the fights delivered every single one of them was just out of this world um if you haven't checked up on the fight card, it was Sean O'Malley, Cody Garbrandt, Jeff Neal, Amanda Nunez, and Julia Pena in the co-main, Charles Oliveira, and Dustin prayer in the main event. And we had one of the, I think logistically, one of the biggest betting upsets in the title fight in UFC history in the co-main event where Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunez. You can start wherever you want to, Duke, but I'm... Super excited to hear your thoughts on the fight and I want to hear what you what I want to pick your brain I want to hear what you what you have to say about it.
1: Yeah so I'll actually start with uh, one of the fights you didn't mention this one and I'll just go over it kind of quickly but I thought it was really good to see a vintage Dominic Cruz go out there and put on a clinic versus Pedro Munoz. I mean uh, first round he got dropped twice Dominic got dropped twice by Pedro but yeah. I mean, quick recovery, the speed, the endurance, the volume, they're all there. That's classic Dominic Cruz. Um, I mean, I think he's, he's just in a great spot. If he wants to make another title, a title run at, at 135, I think he puts himself in a good spot because Pedro Munoz is pretty high up there. And Dominic obviously fell off for a little bit after he's lost to Cody, but he's putting himself in a good spot now. And I mean, he looked as good as he ever really did back in the day. So just just good to see him back in the rankings, back fighting healthy it seemed you know he had a lot of injuries and stuff like that so moving on to the Sean O'Malley fight I mean he gets it done again combinations patience were perfect I mean there's not much to say I mean he just dominates Paiva and then you know he dribbles in the court and then (laughs) he shoots a three free throw as a celebration operation i mean next you just got to give him somebody that's ranked that's it i mean there's nothing really like yeah. i want to talk about that fight but there's nothing to say like he did it again it was flawless execution give him somebody ranked i think the next best option is just a rematch with marlon vera you look at their first fight sean was winning that fight I'll, he was winning that fight like drastically and then marlon bear got the low kicks I, messed up his ankle his shin i can't even quite remember but then sean couldn't even stand on one leg and then it was just kind of over tko i don't even know how it ended but it it was over so marlon bear i think kind of owes him that rematch because he was losing that fight up until something happened to sean's ankle i think that makes the mess most i really think he'd be a good option next for sean what do you, you think chase
0: i mean i don't hate that fight I think you're right. I think he needs to get somebody ranked. Uh, I would hope, I kind of talked about this in the podcast where I was alone because nobody can make it, but um, I believe and I'm like 99.9% sure that they, when they gave Sean O'Malley this fight, that Pavia was actually number 15 in the bantamweight di- division and since then there had been a couple of fight nights that took place and he had fallen out of the rankings. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like almost pretty sure. And I I think that was, like, that That was the point I wanted to hit on with the Sean fight, was I think that he needs to at least break into the top 15, maybe be 14 or 15 for his next fight. And I I think he needs to fight somebody that's close to him, either 9, 10, 11, or 12. Nothing too exciting, but give him a ranked opponent, see what he can do with it. Because I think you're right, he nailed that fight, absolutely came out with full Sugar Sean confidence. And I had actually... I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I don't know if you watched the press conference. The heat between Sean O'Malley and Cody Garbrandt Man. was was pretty intense. Obviously, Cody got knocked out, and that's that's something we'll talk about um, in a second. But I was going to say give him that fight. And I, I don't know. I like the Marlon Vera fight. I think I think you're right. While well, you were right. He was absolutely winning that fight. And then whatever happened to O'Malley's ankle, whether he just kicked it right on the nerve that O'Malley had previously injured or whatever. But um I mean, I don't hate that idea. I think, I think that's a good route to take if he doesn't get the Cody fight because that was that was kind of there was a lot of heat there in that prep conference. So if they don't want to make that fight or Cody
1: decides to, whatever. But and then did you see afterwards when they were interviewing him, uh Sean, he was watching Cody Garbrandt fight and during the interview, and then he watched him get knocked out, and then he just said, No, this isn't for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty savage. Yeah. So, so there's a lot I mean, of heat.
0: I would love to see that fight. I think stylistically uh, that's yeah. a great fight for both. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, Cody Garbrandt's there. Dominic Cruz is there at nine. And then 14 or 15, 13 is Frankie Edgar. So, I mean, there's a lot of good options there. But I think the bottom line is you just got to give him somebody that's ranked next. Yeah, I mean, I guess moving right along, there's a good transition. Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Carr-France fight. I mean, Kai gets the KO in the first round. Great combination. Um, I I don't want to take anything away from Kai Carr-France, but you know, it's just been really, I think, when you look at Cody's road, it's it's been tough, you know, I mean, he had that f- flawless performance against Dominick Cruz, that was probably three years ago at this point, and ever since then, he's really just been on a downward slope, I I, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but, and then, he, you know, cuts all this weight, I heard it took him seven months to cut all this weight down to get to 125 to make it an easy weight cut for him. Right. And then it doesn't go his way. So now, you know, it kind of puts him in a tough position because 135 wasn't really working out for him. And now 125 seemingly didn't really work out for him. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: No. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention. And and he had talked about how long it had taken him to cut that weight. And, and then he had a fight in between that. So he had to go back up and kind of, I do I don't know. I, I think he had a, I think he had a really poor performance. I love Cody Garbrandt. I love all fighters from Ohio. I'm from, and Cody Garbrandt's been a staple in my MMA watcher for very long. But obviously, like you said, ever since that Dominic Cruz fight, and then, I mean, he's lost three of his last four fights now. And the, the only one, the only fight he won was against Rafael Asano, if I'm saying that correctly. And it was a last minute. I think it was, I think it was still round one, but with one second on the clock KO, which I was like, Oh, Cody's back, baby. Let's go. And then he lost his next two fights. So I I don't, I don't really know what's next for him. Uh, I mean, you really shouldn't take anything away from Kai Carol France. I mean, I think Cody had a poor night, but I think Kai showed up ready and I think he looked amazing. I I don't want to say that Cody should retire. There's been a lot of talk that he needs to retire. I, I just don't know what he does next. And I think, I think literally the only thing that would save Cody is fighting Sean. And I think I legitimately think from Sean's perspective, maybe that's the fight to make from Cody's perspective. Now that you've been KO'd on your debut in flyweight, I think you have to make that fight. And I think you have, you have to push it and absolutely just, I mean, you already built the heat in the press conference. He start he kept the heat, you know, in his post-fight conference. So I think that's the fight he needs to push. And if he can win that fight, I think he's he can figure something out from there. But if he loses that fight, it's probably done for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, Sean said he's one loss away from sitting in the commentary booth with Dominic Cruz so <laughs> yeah, exactly. prior to him losing. So, so definitely some heat there. Um, I guess moving along to what you describe as the biggest betting upset in UFC would be the Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Peña fight. I mean, this was obviously the most shocking result on the fight card for me. Amanda, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. I mean, gets dethroned. I think when I kind of looked at the whole thing the lead up to their fight and then the fight itself, something that I saw, and again, not taking it away from any away from Peña and her performance. And this is actually in addition to her performance, but I actually truly believe that Juliana Peña got into Amanda Nunez's head. If you watch the press conference, Amanda Nunez was like, okay, I'm going to knock you out. I'll knock you out. And she was getting like really upset. I think what happened is they went in there. I mean, Amanda had a good first round. I mean, she, she won the yeah, first round absolutely. clearly. But then I think when the second round started, she was really trying to pour on that KO. She was chasing him a little bit too hard. And then Juliana Pena started countering and jabbing her. And and then obviously then Amanda Nunez wants to really put her away because now she's getting hurt. So she she just starts blind firing shots. And and that's really what what did Amanda Nunez in was she just kept going and Juliana Pena would just jab, 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 jab. And you could see like every time Amanda would like, her head would snap back. She'd kind of like find her wits about herself. She'd throw like one or two punches, then she'd get jab. I mean, it was just like, It was kind of crazy to watch, to be honest, because I would never have thought that would have happened to Amanda Nunes, especially on the feet. Like, I mean, striking, I think she just leaps above everybody, but I mean, I really truly believe that Juliana Pena got inside of her head and then Amanda Nunes chased that KO way too much. And that ultimately led to her downfall. I mean, they're talking about doing a rematch. I don't know who you think wins the rematch.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. I think... I absolutely think that Juliana somehow got into Amanda's head after all these years of just constant banter from her opponent saying she's never fought anybody like me. Julia Pena saying she's never fought anybody like me. And, I mean, there was something about this fight. I don't know. Because Amanda fought, I can't remember when she adopted her kid, but she had another fight, came out, don't remember who it is against, and dominated that fight in round one or two via submission just absolutely came out classic amanda and and then this fight came out did the exact same thing and in round two something in amanda just didn't seem to click right she was like all right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this girl because i just dominated her in round one and i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna do it and then Juliana Pena hit her with one good shot real quick at the first end of the, at the the start of the round. And Amanda was like, oh, this girl's got some power to her. And I think that's when she realized, okay, maybe I need to respect this a little bit more on the feet. And then she got hit again. And I think from there, it was just kind of like, I I didn't, nobody expected it. I mean, (laughs) she was a minus six or a plus 650 underdog. And Amanda was a minus 1000 favorite. So, Nobody in the world expected this, but I, I mean, absolutely just, I mean, I loved the fight as just a, just a spectator. Obviously I agree with you that I think Amanda is just the goat of women's MMA. She's one of the better fighters I've ever seen. If you're talking about male or female MMA competition, I mean, I, she could genuinely beat some of the people in male MMA. Probably even some of the ones in the ranked. I mean, she's just that good. When she is that good, I I, I think they're talking. They are talking about the rematch. I think that rematch is absolutely the first thing that's going to happen. Amanda just needs to focus on that, and that's that's all she needs to focus on if she wants to continue what she was doing. Because, I mean, when you get to a position where you're called the goat. For a reason right i mean she defended two belts back to back for like three years or something and and then suddenly she loses a belt i mean it's just mentally i feel like that's got to take such a toll on her where she's like well do i really want to win this belt back and then continue to do this to prove myself or have i already proved myself and i i don't know if she's the kind of person to do that or if she's just a pure championship mindset where she's like i'm gonna get that belt back i'm gonna show everybody i'm gonna dominate for the next three years i mean we'll have to wait and see but I think realistically, as a human, as somebody that doesn't fight, but as somebody that played sports, even with that championship mindset, it's, it's exhausting. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if we see the old Amanda again, if she fights Pena, but I do, I do think if, if, if she comes out ready for what she fought, I think she wins that fight. I, I genuinely do. I think Pena needs to to prep for the rematch because I think that's the only thing it's gonna make that that Dana is gonna let happen. Because Pena was talking about Duran DeMando, she was talking about Valentina Shevchenko, she's talking about all this different other. It's not gonna happen. She's you're immediately gonna get the rematch with Amanda. She knows that. That's the only thing these two people need to prep for is for that rematch. I think if Amanda is seriously driven on proving herself, she's gonna win that fight, hands down
1: to take the words out of your mouth. You kind of hit the nail right on the head. I don't really have anything else to add to that. I mean, I think the rematch, when the rematch happens, I think Amanda's going to win that fight. But I think you're right. Again, she just, I don't know. She just didn't look, she won the first round. She came out not ready for the second round. And then it was just kind of fell apart from there. Um, and I think it was kind of the same story with with the main event with Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. If we want to transition to that. um while the last one was the most shocking result this one for me was the most disappointing result because I really did want Dustin Poirier to win because in my opinion I mean besides Khabib I think he's probably the best 155 pounder on the planet and I mean he has been in the sport for a very long time he's fought everybody the who's who obviously Conor McGregor, Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, now Charles Oliveira, Khabib I mean he's fought all the top guys for so long he's climbed and clawed his way up to the top, you know, fight of the Knights. I, I mean, best, one of the best boxers in the UFC. And then th- this fight starts and this first, the first round, I'm, i mean, I was in awe. I was like, this is flow state, Dustin Poirier. Like this is classic. This is one-on-one. This is exactly what I expected. I mean, the boxing again was on point, good defense. I mean, everything was on point. Second, Round starts, there was a little bit of controversy. I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, where Charles Oliveira had him, had him in a little, he was on the ground and, and Dustin Poirier was kind of standing up, but Charles Oliveira had his had his hand hooked into Dustin Poirier's glove, which if people don't know, you can't do that. It's illegal. In and in, in, in the UFC. So he had his, his hand stuck in Dustin Poirier's glove, which caused Dustin Poirier to have to maneuver a way which put him in a more vulnerable Position than it would have if his glove wasn't being clawed at, and then that resulted in him literally getting ground and pounded for the entire second round, and that was some nasty ground and pound. I mean, those elbows, I was like, oh my god, I don't know how he wasn't split open. I mean, Charles, he he, he did it. I mean, hats off to Charles with that ground and pound. That was some of the most vicious ground and pound I've ever seen. Those elbows were nasty. And then it's kind of the same story that we just said is that second round ended. And I, you know, I saw Dustin Poirier get up. I feel like something like left Dustin Poirier after that second round. I don't know if maybe he was in awe, maybe he was just a little bit frustrated about the round that just happened. I'm not sure. Cause then the third round starts, I mean, it was over relatively quickly, but then the third, f- Thing that leads me to believe that is because after the fight, I mean, he even said to himself that he's at a crossroads now. He said he can get right back into a title picture if he wants, you know, if he wants to fight again and climb his way back up and fight two or three more guys and then get his shot again. But he's just not sure what he wants right now. So uh, that's kind of heartbreaking to me because you, you hate to see a guy that's put in all the work and just, just, I mean, he's in a game of inches, he's centimeters off from being the world champion and two, on two occasions now, but in multiple fights. I mean, he's one of the best fighters in the UFC for sure. I just don't think it was his night, and hats off to Charles Oliveira. Again, I'm not trying to take any, anything away from any fighter that won, but I feel like when I want a fighter to win, it, it sucks to see him lose in that kind of fashion.
0: No, I I absolutely agree with you. I, thought, I genuinely thought once that first round started, I thought this fight was over. I thought Dustin Poirier was going to put him away in round one, And I was I mean, I was in shock. He was dominating that round. And when that second round started and and it wasn't just to to talk about the glove grab from Oliveira. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a a quick one second. It was three or four to where Dustin was actually trying to get away and couldn't. And I don't remember who the ref was. I think it might have been Herb Dean, but I'm not going to talk about it because I love Herb Dean. I mean, it was to the point where Dustin literally had to maneuver in a weird way where Oliveira could just ground and pound him for the next literally three minutes and 30 seconds of that round. I mean, it could have been more. It could could have been close to four minutes, but it was the entire round where Dustin was just on bottom position. And I mean, he even he said in the corner and he said after the fight that that was the plan. If he was to get to the ground, was to just sit there and hold him, take the ground and pound, come back. And, and see what he could do on the feet in the next round. And, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with with what he came out in the third round, and he was just kind of just out of it. He just kind of felt like he was like, all right, um, well, I don't want to be on the ground again, so we'll, let's see if I can keep him on his feet. And he tried to. They got to the corner. I mean, they got to the side of the cage, and Oliveira just did what Oliveira does, jumped on his back. And I don't think, I think Dustin would have expected that. And he would have done his best to avoid that. But I think, I don't want to say he has a loose tank, but I think a lot of that ground and pound kind of scared him to where he was like, I'm not going to go down. So he was just kind of leaning on the cage and just let Oliveira get into his position on his back. And that's where the fight ended. So I was kind of bipartisan to the fight. I didn't really know who I wanted to win personally. I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. Obviously, so are you. I didn't like the two L's that Conor McGregor took, but... I I do agree with you that he's one of the best fighters in the UFC and he absolutely deserved the title. Um, But I mean, so does Oliver. He's been in the UFC for over a decade. And I mean, he's fought everybody under the sun as well, old and new, because he's been in there for so long. And I mean, his ground game is just next level. I mean, not going to compare it to Habib's because Habib's was way above everybody in the world, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be next best to what I've ever seen from out of the lightweight division for out of every division. I personally think if dana white sees fit hopefully um i think dustin takes a fight against if he wants to fight i think he takes a fight against Benil daryush and the winner of that fight hopefully gets oliver versus gaethje and i'm gonna say probably oliver wins that fight because i mean he already does dana white already said that's the next fight that's that's what's happening so That's what's going to be next for the lightweight division is Olivera versus Gaethje. I genuinely believe that Olivera is probably going to win that uh, mainly because I think Gaethje is just a a dumbed down version of Dustin Poirier, even though arguably he was winning that fight. It was pretty back and forth. The Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje fight and Dustin Poirier came on top. So I don't know. I think Olivera wins that fight. And if Olivera does win that fight, I don't know if Dana will give Dustin the fight off of beating Benil Dariush, but I think if he wants to fight, I think that's the next fight for him, and hopefully we get to see that fight again real quick because I I, I do believe Dustin won that Dustin won that first round, and I mean oh it was God. just downhill from so yeah. that that's what I'd like to see personally as a fighter or as a as a as a fan of the fights, but um, I mean I mean it's all up to Dana White, so I don't know I, I mean. I just, I just want to, I, I, I want to see Dustin Poirier hold the title list. I know that's, um, that is, it's
1: just
0: I, and, it's disappointing. And, and I'm not, I mean, he's been in the UFC for over a decade as well. And, but he's only, I mean, it's, it's a tough way to say it, but he's only 32. Where for most sports are retiring, but even in the UFC, there's, I mean, there's quite a few fighters up there. I mean, Glover Trexera is an example. He's what for like 43, 44 holding yeah. the UFC title. So, I mean, he could fight for another five, six, seven years if he wanted to, and he's proved it time and time again that he can fight and work his way back and, and battle from adversity. So if, if that's something he wants to do, I, ju- I think he can do it, and I think he can beat Oliveira. He just needs to get a game plan a little bit more solid together when it comes to the ground because I think he literally just got – I'm not going to say scared, but I think he got worried – if he was holding that defensive posture that that ground and pound would finish him either way so
1: yeah i mean he's no slouch on the ground he's a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt as well not i mean i wouldn't say as highly regarded as charles Oliveira is but yeah i mean just uh i agree with you i think the ground and pound was just a little bit more than he was thinking it was going to be he didn't want to go back there so he's going to try and finish him on the feet but then as soon as charles Oliveira, Oliveira jumped on his back he was kind of stuck like well i don't want to go down but i can't go up and then that was kind of when the fight ended i agree
0: yeah Yeah, he i mean he just got stuck in a crossroads that's what i saw at least and i mean it was definitely heartbreaking i mean it's always heartbreaking either way Uh, i mean even if it's a fighter that you don't avidly watch but i watch pretty much everybody in the lightweight division avidly and i mean every time somebody loses a title it's just a, a title fight it's just heartbreaking to see, and I I hope he does something. I don't want to see him retire. I want to see him keep fighting. I love the way he fights. I love he's a good person. I mean, he does a lot for the community. He does a lot for the UFC. So I hope he could, I hope he sticks with it. But I mean, obviously, an unfortunate outcome for him. And again, not to take anything from Charles Oliveira, that was an no. absolutely dominant performance. Yeah. Besides besides the glove tuck, um, which I I think is being talked about a lot less than what it should be. To be honest, be- Not that that, that fight could have ended in that second round with that ground and pound or literally anything else. And it would have been talked about a lot more, but it's still something that needs to be addressed because it was, it was a bit atrocious how long it went on. And it literally cost Dustin an entire round of ground and pound, which I think, genuinely think if that entire round didn't happen, that position that they were on against the cage would have gone a little differently maybe he would have gone down but not given up his back and done it in the third round and then kind of reset. And it was, I mean, it was still the beginning of the third round, but I don't know. I I think that played a big outcome in the fight either way personally, because it, I think it took a toll on him mentally. I don't know. It's just, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. There's nothing that can be done. Uh, Oliveira played, I mean, a great game that day. And uh, uh, that's, that's all I got to say, to be honest. Um, it's, it's a little frustrating to talk about because I don't like seeing things like that in the UFC fights, but that's all I got for you today. I, I appreciate everything you said today, Duke, and I, I'm always grateful when you're on because I don't like doing these things alone, but <laughs> hopefully we'll have something together for you. Obviously, the holidays are coming up, so we'll, we'll try to get something together coming out in the holidays and try to get a little something. I don't think there's... I think there's one fight week. Yeah, Derek Lewis fights this Saturday yeah. uh, against Chris Dawkins, so... Maybe we'll get something together with that. Talk about the first fights of the year, but we'll figure something out. I appreciate everybody for listening today. And as always, thanks for coming on Duke. Of course we are deep dive sports and this is the lights up podcast. Thank you.
1: Hey everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.